Hi everyone! Happy New Year and welcome to the Yonsei Podcast. I'm Johnny from Nikkei Rising. And I'm Yoko from Nikkei Rising. And today we have a very special episode with some very special guests. <laughs> yeah, for our January episode,、uh, we are talking about Japanese New Year, aka Oshogatsu, and what it means to us as young Nikkei and how the traditions of those who came before us have been passed down. Let's do it! So, I know that for me and for a lot of Yonsei and Gosei,、uh, one reason that Oshogatsu is so special is that for our generation at least, we for the most part didn't get to meet our Issei ancestors,、um, but our parents mostly did.、Um, and Oshogatsu can serve as a bridge to those people who we didn't get to meet, but whose traditions we practice to this day.、Um, So, with that in mind, we thought that for this episode, it would be really cool to share some intergenerational conversations about New Year's. Yeah, for me, Oshigatsu is literally like my favorite holiday. Just getting all the family together, having this, this huge ass Japanese meal with literally everything Japanese that you can imagine. As somebody who grew up not super close to the Japanese American community, it was like a time where I really felt. The most Japanese, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, also, yeah. also, huge ass Japanese meal, title of ep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, we'll see. <laughs> so, we have two families who agreed to record some conversations for us between the Yonsei and Gosei generations and their Sansei parents to talk about Oshigatsu. First, we have Nikkei Rising's very own Sarah and Amy Kubo, who sat down with their father, Dan. Welcome to the Kubo household.、Um, so, who we have here today is myself. My name is Amy Kubo. I'm actually the third of the four sisters, and I'm the younger of the Kubo duo, and I'll let the older one introduce herself. Hello, I am Sarah Kubo, the older middle child, <laughs> and the older of the Kubo duo. And then I'll pass it off to our dad. So,、um, I'm the father, or the dad. This is Dan. Our Otosan for all、yep. of you out there. And so for today's episode, it's all about Oshigatsu. So we're basically going to go over what does Oshigatsu mean to the Kubo family. And so to start off, I'm going to actually just let our dad talk because, you know, elders go first. We're in well, Asian thank culture. You. That, you're so <laughs> considerate. So let's see.、Um, it's it's kind of interesting. Things have changed in my life when I was younger.、Um, really, Oshigatsu was、uh, a big family celebration with.、Uh, All the aunts and uncles and cousins, which meant, you know, making、uh, mochi. So we'd go to one of the cousins' house, and、uh, I think we we're in the 25 pounds of rice type of making mochi. And then、oh、you have all the New Year's foods, and ozoni soup was one of the biggest things that we had there. So、um, unfortunately, coming to LA, we're kind of all spread out.、Uh, but the only thing we really Uh, really, do from back then is make mo、uh, mochi. So, we have a little mochi machine. And I think this past、mm -hmm. year we did five pounds, right? So, we got everybody to help out, which was really nice. I can't believe、uh, 25 pounds. How long did that take you, though? To do took us all day.、Pounds? Took us all day. Yeah, because it took us a couple hours, and that was only like five pounds. Yeah. But then you're talking about, you know, 20 people versus three people. That's, <laughs> that's true. Well, okay, what about you, Sarah? When you think of Oshigatsu, what's like your 
first word phrase that you're kind of thinking about? Mochi. Okay, same. <laughs> Me <That's> too. Because it. <laughs> it's just because all we did was make mochi. I remember going to the cousin's house uh, when we no longer went to uh, the uncle's and auntie's barn to help out um, or shed. So, like, going over to the cousin's house, we would have the mochi maker going and then have the kitchen dining table spread out with uh, the cornstarch mm -hmm. and all of us kids uh, rotating out helping form the mochi mm -hmm. and everything. So eating that with shoyu sugar. Basic, but delicious. Yeah, all I remember is I'm the cousin that sucks the most at forming mochi. Like, it's so ugly. Because, you know, for those of you who make mochi, like, you have it, you got the cutter, and it's like, whew, throwing it at the table, and then you form it, right? And so you have to pinch it at the bottom. But mine was never flat. It was always so ugly. It was, like, the cracked lines Yeah, and the, the cracked lines, and, you know, I just, like, put it somewhere where people can't see it. <laughs> But yeah, like similar to Sarah, it's probably mochi for me because then we also do go to our cousin's house in like central California in that area um, and we just make mochi. But yeah, so I guess Oshigatsu for now though, I guess like talking about this year, it was kind of interesting because we did end up making mochi and of course like we couldn't go to our cousin's house. So we made it at our house and was that like the first time you remember making it like at home? That is for me. So I'm like 21. I've, so. I've been making it since I bought the machine over 15 years ago. Have you made but, it with us though? Like the kids? No, I usually just make it for you. <laughs> it's easier. Free it's, labor. It's, 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 no, it's just easier to get it done. Because you guys just were not too interested before. This is probably the first year you guys really wanted to do it and, mm -hmm. and understand the process of <laughs> how you wash the rice, how you soak the rice. Right? Mm -hmm. And then we learned something new in making mochi with that mochi machine. Right, Amy? Yeah. So, okay. Secret tip for all you listening to this podcast. Because there is this technique that actually our Uncle Wesley taught us. Because, you know, when you make mochi and then after it, like, steamed and it pounds, you got to take it out of the machine, right? And so a lot of times when you take it out of the machine, there's the little, like, hook or, like, the spinning thing that's in the mochi that you have to pull out. And it sucks because it's hot, right? Hot and super sticky. Hot and super sticky. And so our uncle told us the secret that he learned at his church that instead of stopping the machine and pulling it out, you actually just grab the mochi while it's spinning. Okay, like watch out for your fingers because like that might break, yeah. right? But you like just grab it out of there. On and the then... sides, right. Because you don't want to go deep in there. You just yeah. grab it on the side because <laughs> if you make mochi, the little ball mm -hmm. kind of jumps up a little yeah. bit. So you kind of catch it, and then you just grab it, and you know, with cornstarch on your hand, and bring it over, and it it comes off really clean. It's like a lot a easier to clean. Like a quick snatch. Well, we did that video. I think mm -hmm. that that was that was kind of cool. It was easy, right? Yeah. So, cause we actually did make a video, so feel free to like watch that. It's gonna be part of our All Things JA or All Things Japanese American season. So a sneak peek for that. That's in there. So it, it, the mochi was perfect for the obutsudon. The big mochi. That's the size that she was cutting. Not the kind that the you were generally mochi, eat. Where you put the kaki on top? That's yeah. right. Oh, exactly. kagami mochi. There you go. There you go. So that's the... I think she was practicing That's what that. I was going for. Exactly. I didn't tell you. I, I understand. You I understand. I, anyways. I'm thinking far ahead. <laughs> Although we don't decorate with a kagami mochi. Well, because we don't have an obutsudan. So I chose not to mm -hmm. have one. Plus we have a little house. But 
Yeah. In most most homes, including you know uh, grandparents, mm -hmm. uh, they all had obutsudon. It's just kind of. Did you have one? Yep. A lot of people had them. Uncles and aunties had them. Mm -hmm. It was pretty common, right? So that's where you would put the the past loved ones in little pictures and. Mm -hmm. Every year you would give your offering with the mochi and the kaki or the persimmon, dried persimmon, and then the tangerine, right? Mm -hmm. So pretty standard there. And that's also part of the the new year because that would be an offering, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just something we don't really do here, but, you know, the mochi is what we do. But, like, kind of talking about grandparents and things like that, do you have any, like, funny memories for you, Dad, like, growing up and doing, like, Oshigatsu stuff? We had about close to 18 cousins so having you know five of the six families uh, within 10 miles because we were all farmers right um probably the basketball games we used to have five <laughs> on five basketball games between not the boy and the girl cousins and that was one of the things at uh jichang kubo's place mm. yeah that was probably the, the most fun it was very competitive <laughs> and one of the things you haven't even talked about your mother but your mother is is uh caucasian uh, mm -hmm. Like Caucasian, Caucasian. She's seven generation Montana, and I think one of the 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 one thing that's very nice is that she embraced the uh, Japanese heritage, and she's the one that probably reintroduced uh, more of the Japanese uh, traditions uh, in this family because she was interested in it more than on my side, because I kind of been there, done that, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, I think I'm going to give her the credit for getting the mochi machine because she's the one that wanted to uh, see how it was. Really? Oh, I yeah, didn't know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, mom even asked us if we wanted to go to Japanese school, but exactly. I don't remember that. We yeah. all told her no because we didn't want to go to extra school. School on the weekend, then go to church. <laughs> then you go to school seven days a week. But I guess like to tie up this conversation about like Oshigatsu, like why do you think it's important or... Do you even think it's important or what do you think? Oh, it's a time to remember, right? So part of it is not celebrating the new year, but it's also reflecting on, you know, the past year. Um, and I think it's it's a good opportunity for you to kind of um, appreciate uh, all the good that's happened and the people that's around and kind of reset for, you know, a new adventure for that year. Oh, thank you so much, Kubos. We appreciate you. That was so sweet. Um, it's it's like really cool to hear other families talk about their traditions and how they're really different from my own and other people I know. But like at the same time, there's this core thing of like family and starting the new year. Um, so thank you guys so much. Um, and I love how the focus on mochi and oh, yeah. food is food is. A very important part of If you haven't noticed, that's Oshigatsu. the theme of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, Johnny, wait, what's your favorite Oshigatsu food? Oh, definitely mochi. Like, not to copy the, the Kubo's thing. Wow. But, like, my mom... Um, I don't know if we made as much mochi as the Kubo's did. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. But we do have, like, our own little mochi factory in our, in our kitchen every single year. Um, and this year... Um, it's just me and my parents in the household because of everything that's going on. Mm. And so it was just us sitting at the at the kitchen table covered with cornstarch. Um, just like pumping out batch after batch after batch. 
And my mom puts these, like, she wraps them all up and she sends them to, like, each of my siblings, our relatives, our relatives' relatives, our family's friends, and their friends. We make, like, the, like, uh, not just, like, the normal plain mochi, but, like, also the, the kind with the sweet red bean paste in the middle. Mm, nice. So good. Ugh. I could I could eat some mochi right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, all these foods have all these different meanings about starting the new year and bringing you luck and all that stuff. Um, I feel like also, though, for me, the meaning is about um, re- recognizing where these traditions come from and like mm. how they are passed down. Coming up next is our very own... Yoko, wait, you made a conversation? What? Oh, I might have, actually. Let's give that a listen. Hi, everyone. Um, Yoko here. So right now I'm joined by two very special guests, um, my mom and my sister, to talk a little bit about Oshogatsu. I'm Leslie. I'm Yoko's mom. And I'm Hana. I'm Yoko's twin sister. Yeah, and we also have Sammy, our puppy here, but he's not going to be saying much. So this episode, we want to talk about um, the way that New Year's traditions are passed down through the generation. So we thought it'd be cool to sit down with our parents and discuss what they got from the generations before them and how they've passed that down to us and all that. So I first kind of to get an idea of where we're, where everyone's coming from, I wanted to ask my mom, like what, when you were growing up in California, what did you guys do for New Year's? So every New Year's Day, um, as every single New Year's Day that I can remember when I was living with my parents at home in LA, we would go to... Uh, uh, my grandma's house, my dad's mother, and for the whole day. And the night before we left, my mother always made gyoza. That was our contribution, was the gyoza. And then it would be, she would have a huge spread when we got there. And the first thing we did when we walked in the door was she would hand us each a bowl of ozoni. And that had to be the first thing we ate that day. And then uh, she would tell our fortune. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Wait, and I don't even know. She looked at some Based little, like the little books that was all in Japanese, and she would look stuff up, and she would tell Wait, us our fortune. And I don't even know what the book was. It was just part of... That's like the Harry Potter tea. New Year's. <laughs> okay, that's really weird. Yeah, so she did that. She always had a little, a little shrine area set up with these giant... Is like mochis, big mochis piled on top of each other with a little orange on top, and I that was just part of it. I never knew what it meant, <laughs> but um, it was basically like a open house, and she would have the food out all day. She she cooked all the food herself, spent days and days and days preparing the food, and people that were most uh, family. Members, extended family members, neighbors, friends would drop by throughout the day and into the evening. So it was a long day for us just hanging out at grandma's house 
greeting people and pretty much eating constantly the whole day. And there were very specific foods that were always a part of it. It was the same every year. And I, I mean, some of them I don't really even know what they were called. <laughs> but um, I remember the things I really loved. One of them was Saba Zushi. It's mackerel. Like, uh, oh, like Saba. Yeah, but like pickled or something. So, and it was very, it's a very specific process made in a wooden box. Huh. And you marinate the mackerel, and it it was really good, and I loved that. And um, the gobo, kimpita oh, gobo, yeah. those were my two favorite things by far. And the oranges, <laughs> orange oranges cut in wheels. So Grandma, this is on my dad's side. She, I, I mean, she was like a very, in many ways, just a. Um, just what you think of when you think of a Japanese grandma. She's little, um, with a little bun in the back of her head, and she was always wearing a house dress that buttoned up the front and slippers. And she would always greet us and say like, Arasuri, Arasuri. <laughs> and uh, she'd bow, and then she'd go and grab a Coors and a cigarette. <laughs> And disappear sometimes. She would disappear and be sitting in front of the TV with a cigarette in one hand and a can of cores in the other hand. And she'd watch her favorite shows were boxing and roller derby. And she said, you know, you don't have to know English to understand those shows. Nice. She had a very, very thick accent. So, and I, you know, as a kid, I didn't really appreciate, I just didn't appreciate her the mm. way I do now. And so, um, you know, she had this thick accent, so it was very hard for me to understand what she was saying. And then I wasn't always sure she understood what I was saying. So I actually, I talked to her, but not in a very, not in real depth and detail. Mm. You know, I was around her a lot. We visited every week, but. Mm. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was a, I mean, I have very fond, warm memories of that time of those days and it really all centered around grandma yeah it's cool to hear I feel like so me and Hannah have grown up with our own traditions in this family and it's interesting to hear kind of the the root of where that all came from because there's some things that are very similar and things I recognize when I hear you talk and then there's some things that are like not <laughs> so um hana do you want to talk a little bit about like what our family does uh to celebrate new year's yeah um <laughs> it's i feel like we're just it's just what we've had every single year since for forever so like it's hard to describe it i guess i don't know how do you describe well it? thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. Um, well, to give the audience a little bit of, of context, <laughs> since Hannah won't. <laughs> um, basically, I feel like our family's New Year's tradition, it's very, it's a very important thing. And it's, it's definitely like a ritual and like a very, like a big deal for us. But um, obviously this couldn't happen this year um, in the same way, but usually we throw like a big party and 
it's like there's some aspects of it that are like super traditional like mom makes a lot of the food but there's also this other thing where like it's not traditional in a lot of ways like the, the kind of vibe and the people it's like a party scene and there's things that we've tweaked over the years and it's just it usually ends up with like a lot of my parents friends are like musicians and stuff and it'll be like jam session yeah it'll be like that yeah, but then with like this the like old, Japanese New Year's yeah like, like plain spoons no and definitely not but guitar. I feel like I feel like a per so like a person from Japan who might come to our New Year's stuff would probably be like okay I see some stuff like oh there's the kuromame there's the gobo but would also be like whoa this is like not what I know as the New Year's tradition well I liked what you said earlier about how like are like the crispy tofu rolls kind of like an analogy for our New Year's tradition? Like, my mom makes this tofu dish that's kind of what is the traditional one called? Makazushi. It's, it's like makazushi, but it's like vegan and we all love it. So, I don't know. I think that's pretty accurate for our. It's like traditional and then it's like a little adapted. bit of. Yeah. But yeah, so I feel like my question then. You grew up with your, going to your grandma's house, super traditional New Year's stuff, and then now you, like, care a lot about carrying that forward, obviously. Like, you put a ton of time and effort into this party every year. What, when did that, like, start, or where, why did you decide to learn how to, like, make all this stuff? Uh, when I moved to Seattle, I didn't have any family here over New Year's for the first time. And so I tried making a little bit of the foods. Each year, I learned a little bit more. And, I, and we'd have some friends over. It, it got a little bigger every year. But then I think the thing that, where I really decided as, as a very intentional like decision was when my grandmother died. Mm. And that was, you just miss meeting her. It was, right before I got pregnant mm -hmm. with you guys. She was 97 years old. You know, she was really, for me, the link to that New Year's tradition. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, this is what, I'm gonna carry this on in our family. And I think um, it, it was, it was important to me. Be, I mean, just in general, I love culture and I love tradition. I love that feeling of connection to the pat to people who came before me, and then also it was a way to honor my grandmother. I think over the years here in Seattle, it's grown and become. I mean, we've been you're twenty over twenty two now, <laughs> and you know she. I started it just before you were born. And so it's been going on for decades now. And so now we've kind of established our own tradition that is, has evolved mm -hmm. from the old tradition. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think the thing that, the important element is family. Mm -hmm. And you know, having this time to start the year right. That's what I always, people, lots of people, you know, I, we invite a lot of people who aren't Japanese or Japanese American. No. Is anyone? <laughs> And um, so I always say, this is a day to, you know, help us start the year off right with people we love and around 
good food and uh, good time. And so yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, when you were saying before, like, that what you associated with it as a child was, like, a good feeling and warm and family and stuff, like, that kernel yeah, of totally it is, like, 100% carries through. But you know what? I just thought of one thing. So I talked about Grandma dying as being kind of an inspiration to commit to carrying it on. But also that was around the same time that I got pregnant with you guys. And you guys were born shortly after. So that was definitely part of my commitment too because I wanted you to have that both for your own sense of who you are, you know, as Japanese Americans, but on also so you have a warm you know, we've built, we've been doing New Year's for so many years now. The people that come every year, they're family. Mm -hmm. So you have a Seattle, a big Seattle family that loves you. <laughs> and uh, so that that's a big part of it too. Well, thanks. <laughs>Thank you so much, Yoko, for sending in that short clip with you and your mom. That was so heartwarming just to hear about the conscious decision that actually both you and the Kubos made to keep in touch with your guys' heritage and keeping up the traditions. And when your mom said that, like, not the only reason that she decided to carry on those traditions was because of her grandma, but, like, also because of you guys and she wanted you guys to have that, like... A bit shed a tear like Aww. not <laughs> yeah i had never i don't think i'd ever heard her explain it in that way so it was really cool but yeah i i feel like it's definitely like worked like i i am super in touch with with that stuff because of what she decided to do and i i'm very grateful yeah i feel like listening to both of those segments the common themes really jump out of family and ancestors and starting the year right. So yeah, I've come to yeah, appreciate it a lot. Yeah, because time. when I grew up with Oshigatsu, it, I didn't really think anything of it. It's just like, you know, what our family did. Mm -hmm. um, but like, you really get to appreciate it and see it for what it is, which is reconnecting to your roots and eating good Japanese food. That's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> this was a good episode. It was very cozy. Yeah, this was so fun. Yeah, thanks for Some talking parents. about this with me. We love parents. We love sisters. This is very Sister, sister-centric. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be nicer to your sister, please. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Be sure to join us for our next episode of the Yonsei Podcast, where Matt and Hiro will be talking to actor Derek Mio. They're going to be being JA in the entertainment industry, so be sure to look out for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Japanese American Memorial Pilgrimages website. This podcast is sponsored in part by the Minidoka Pilgrimage Planning Committee and is made by Hiro Edessa, Michelle Heckert, Yoko Fedorenko, Johnny Narita, and Matthew Wisely, with theme music by Michelle Heckert and editing by Johnny Narita. Special thanks to Sarah, Amy, and Dan Kubo, Hannah Federico, and Leslie Morishta. Thank you. Happy New Year. For listening. Happy late New Year. <laughs>